0: A podcast one production.
1: Judith, Lucy, thank you for submitting to this involuntary interrogation.
0: Um, I, I want to say my pleasure, but that seems the wrong kind of thing to say under the circumstances.
1: Mm. Trust no one. The level of sedition, anti-authority behaviour and advertiser unfriendly thought crime has reached record levels, especially amongst Australia's elites. Treason. Luckily, the men and men of The Chaser have been commissioned by Border Force to conduct interrogations and sort out the subversives from the Patriots. Betrayal. In conjunction with ASIO and the Five Eyes intelligence-sharing protocols, this is Extreme Vetting with The Chaser. The Chaser. Today's detainee has been in Australian comedy for decades, done lots of TV on the ABC, and a live comedy show about being fired from her commercial radio show. It's Judith Lucy.
2: Judith Lucy, of course, beloved figure right across the country. Uh, and I think there's a huge amount that we could probably learn from Judith Lucy here at the department. Uh, also, Charles, of course, you know, most importantly, we, we're in the market of suffering, and Judith knows what it is to suffer. She was once in a movie where she had to kiss
1: Mick Malloy. Oh, my God. Let's bet her immediately. <laughs> Judith, can we start with your full name, please?
0: Sure. Do you want the confirmation name as well?
1: Yeah. What's that? What's a confirmation name? Oh,
0: well, just... What's wrong with you? I don't Clearly know not a t- Catholic upbringing.
2: Oh, is it a Catholic? it's one of these Catholic yes. things. Yes.
0: So the the whole name is Judith Mary Lucy because basically yeah. if you were brought up Catholic, your middle name was inevitably uh, Mary, Margaret or Marie. And if we throw <laughs> in my confirmation name, it's Judith Mary Catherine Lucy.
2: What? A, what a, what's the origins of this uh, I Catherine business?
0: I can't, I can't remember. I think I was probably <laughs> just a Catherine Hepburn fan. It doesn't sound very biblical, does it?
2: Did you choose it?
0: Yes. You absolutely. chose Catherine. I I did. I did. And that's the end of that story. (laughs) There's really nothing else to say about it. You know, you put on these little dresses Mm. that made you look like you were getting married when you were eight. It was thrilling, but you were really just getting married to Christ.
2: What sort of dress did they make you wear?
0: Oh, well, literally, like a little a little bride's dress, so it was, it was full length, it was white. I mean, I remember that one of the other students had the audacity to wear a denim dress, and understandably, my mother referred to her as a whore.) <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well it was the 80s I assume so uh,
0: well, most dresses would have been, been the denim I'll oh, say so they would have been yeah. denim,
1: denim dresses
0: well, Yeah but they, there was no place well. for the denim dress in the house of the lord
1: So <laughs> so, so Judith uh, what is your age
0: What is my age I'm 51
1: Mm. And, and where did you grow <laughs> yes, up? Yes,
0: I know. I'm surprised I'm still alive as well. Um, I grew up in the wonderful state of Western Australia in a little suburb called Melville, which is quite close to Fremantle to give people some sort of idea.
1: Right. And, and what's the worst thing you did as a kid?
0: Oh, this is difficult because I was such a goody two shoes. Although I did once bite Lynette Feeney on the arm when I was nine because she got to ring the school bell, which was, you know, in an all girl Catholic (laughs) primary school, that was about as exciting as it got. And I was quite put out that Lynette was getting to ring that bell and not me. So I'm afraid I resorted to well, to bite he her. You bit
2: her on the arm. Was this an attempt to, to, to actually literally sabotage the bell-ringing arm? Was it was it that well thought through?
0: I would imagine so. <laughs> I <laughs> would imagine cripple. that was my canny <laughs> plan. You know, try ringing the bell now, <laughs> now that your arm is bleeding, <laughs> now that you're hemorrhaging, Feeney, try that. But you see, this is how sucky I was, though, because I did know that it was probably not a good idea in many respects to bite Lynette Feeney on the arm. So before she could dob on me... I went up to the teacher, confessed, actually came up with my own punishment and she was so impressed that she let me off. It's amazing I didn't go into politics.
2: <laughs> that's, that's, that is the most Catholic thing I've ever heard. Is that you went up and you, you suggested a punishment? Yeah. Which, yeah. Which, but, what, but it, it, it? got
0: me off the hook entirely. Uh, picking up rubbish. That was generally what you
2: did. <laughs> and they accepted this punishment? Is well, it? Yeah.
0: as I say, I, I, she so accepted the punishment, she said that I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> so
2: I it's did
1: of, it I, again. I, I, it sort of explains the Catholic Church and their approach to lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> it does, <laughs> <Yeah>. doesn't it?
0: <laughs> Uh. Although, you know, I, admittedly, I admitted to something, which is not very Catholic in many Fair respects. Enough.
2: Well, we will note you And down. said that
0: I should be punished. Again, that's not very
1: Catholic. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you know, arm, arm biting could become a useful uh, tool in our uh, department. Like if we were to, able to flip you, maybe we could hmm. get you to bite other people's arms.
0: Oh well, look. These jaws are just like a vice. Are so they? I think, yeah, mm. I think it would really be to your advantage to flip me.
1: Okay,
2: this sounds great. Well, let's let's write you down as a potential
1: government arm. Yeah, it's
0: not how I saw my sunset years, but you know, <laughs> well, that's fine. Well, Why not? Good,
1: good pension in it. The department's very interested in innovative punishments. Um, Now, we understand you're the figurehead of a mass social movement at the moment. Mm. Can you explain what this Bachelorette campaign is all about?
0: I have maintained a dignified distance from said campaign, but um, I will tell you that the story is that I was doing an interview with Virginia Trioli, plugging a benefit, as many comedians are often known to do, Mm. and in the middle of the interview a listener texted in and suggested that I go on... The Bachelorette. Now, a friend Mm. of mine, Nellie Thomas, happened to be listening and she tweeted about that and apparently it got a little bit of traction. So then Mm. she said to me, well, she texted me and said, can I start a petition? In all honesty, I think trying to get her friend... You know, that being me laid. Mm. And PS, mm. that has not happened, gentlemen.
2: <laughs> anyway. Really? Um, despite Despite all those retweets.
0: Uh, exactly.
2: You know. How many retweets do you need well, to, to get <laughs> a bit of action? If I mean, you're
0: going to talk the talk, gentlemen, walk the walk. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. So don't leave me hanging. But anyway, <laughs> I honestly thought about five people would sign it. And Nellie admitted to me recently that she thought 500 people would sign it tops. And uh, people, have embraced it a little more than either of us thought they would. And so, obviously, Channel 10 is is knocking my door down because, mm, I mean, I think mm. I can even hear the executive screaming from here. Yeah. What we need for The Bachelorette is a 51-year-old menopausal feminist comedian. That's what the show is crying out for. So, um, you know, they, they're getting sponsored by some lube companies. It's, it's going to be fantastic.
1: Well, it, yes, it, it does tip on its head the social norms of the traditional casting for The Bachelorette.
0: Well, my face moves, apart from anything else. Yeah,
1: that's one thing. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) I mean, doesn't this really threaten the very foundation of entire Australian modern culture? Like, if you were to become The Bachelorette, isn't that sort of the end of the Australian yeah, commercial civilization television? as we know yes. it? I think
0: that's right. I yeah. think the temple mm. curtain would be rent in twain. Mm. Uh, one of my favourite quotes from the Bible, and that yes, the the four horsemen of the apocalypse would be seen mm. trotting down the street. So just be be forewarned, this mm. is the end of days.
1: Okay, so will you here and now disavow all links to this campaign?
0: Oh, I can honestly tell you that if they approached me, I would consider it. And they have, in fact, approached me to do another show called The Spinster. Um, <laughs> and that's going to be really exciting because instead of male contestants, they're just going to have cats. So I think Australia should just really strap themselves in for that.
2: I can't wait. This, this sounds like an absolute ratings, ratings Bonanza, triumph Yeah, in the, in the, the Spinster. Um, especially cats. That'll do well online, don't you think? Exactly. You know? I mean,
0: I think, it's, it's, it's a um, win-win. And I mean, I love the graphics, you know, how the bachelorette has the engagement ring, yeah. And yeah. in the mm. graphic for the spinster, they just have a walking frame instead of the letter <laughs> N. So uh, it's, it's sexy, it's hot, it's going to get the young people on board, and hopefully, find me at least a
2: dozen cats to live with. I'm so excited. Are, are there, I mean, on this note, are there any other dream screen roles? that you have your eye on the the, the, the we should keep an eye well, on well
0: love island is love obviously island is the, um, yes. the next one on the list
2: yeah
0: uh, married at first sight uh, all of them all of them really? really yes
2: any any i mean what about the are there any sort of non relationship type screen parts that you'd be interested in, like um, oh, super, superheroes perhaps? Um,
0: or... I was disappointed that they didn't approach me to co-host with Carl Stefanovic. But, you know, that's another role yes. I thought I, I was I was born to play. <laughs> I think the chemistry between Carl and I would have been pretty palpable. <laughs> uh, but, you know, really I'm open to offers. I'm 51. Mm. I'll do fucking yeah. anything.
2: <laughs> We're nearly there too, Jess. <laughs> I mean... <laughs>
0: It's all about keeping your options open Wait. at this stage of the game. Every year my career continues is like a tiny miracle.
2: Well, this is the thing. I mean, you know, you. You did a stand-up show that was called uh, I Failed. Yes. And yet just quite rather suspiciously, you seem to have sort of continued succeeding almost in spite of that. I mean, what, what is it about failure that you find so appealing?
0: Um, I don't oh, set I myself thought. up for it. I it's, it's not a goal that I've actively <laughs> pursued. Right. But uh, certainly when it came to uh, myself and commercial radio, uh, mm. apparently not a great fit. So I just thought when mm. I was sacked, best to own that failure and actually do a show called I Failed. And I think you'll note that I have not been approached to do commercial radio since.
1: Did you feel that you failed on your own terms or are you just saying what other people said of you?
0: Um, I suppose when one hears the word sacked, it just, it it, it generally doesn't tra- uh, translate as being a career triumph.
2: Mm. But, 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 you know, you were sa- it depends on where you were sacked from. I mean, it You know, do you think commercial radio (laughs) could be a good thing to be sacked from? Well, look, I was
0: sacked from Napery as a child. I was working in a department (laughs) store in the Napery department. (laughs) What what even is Napery? Well, I'm a little offended. No, it's not, actually. It's a very serious business, Andrew. It's tea towels. It's doilies. Ah, Um, You ah. know, not to be mistaken with Manchester, but they're usually fairly near each other. And I will always remember, um, oh, my supervisor, what was her name? Anyway, um, Mrs Cantors, that's right, because she did in fact have quite a horse-like quality about her. And I remember her taking me uh, out the back and just saying to me, quite bluntly, I don't think you're cut out for napery.
1: (laughs) And is that why you got into comedy?
0: Well, what else could I do? Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? When the jig was up with doilies, Mm. well, what else is a girl to turn to if not comedy?
1: And, uh, I mean, really, is is that what did you then, like, how did you get into comedy?
0: I'm a failed actor, Charles. It's really that simple.
1: Right.
2: Failed actors often, and failed musicians too, because I'm a failed musician. Ah.
0: Well, of course, when I was a little whippersnapper, um... It wasn't really seen as a career by any stretch of the imagination. So if I had turned to Sister Romuald and said, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian, um, I think she probably, well, would have reported me to the police. As it was when I said I was going to do acting, she told me that she'd known many girls who'd done that course and they'd been swept out to sea. I didn't know if she meant literally, (laughs) which sounded terrifying. (laughs) I mean, one minute you're studying mime and the next minute you're drowning.
2: Swept out to sea. So you encountered some resistance when you... When you started doing comedy?
0: Uh, oh no, this was this was just to do the uh, the theatre arts degree that I did uh. at Curtin University in Perth, which really, uh, well, a I didn't finish it, and b uh, degrees probably quite kind. We really just drank a lot of cask wine and massaged each other a lot and played a lot of trust yeah. exercises. Mm-hmm. I think we've all been there.
2: That's theatre. That's that's theatre school. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that sounds quite legitimate to me. It sounds like um, the, the legitimate theatre.
0: Exactly. But then I moved to Melbourne, auditioned mm. for the Victorian College of the Arts, I did a dreadful audition. Mm. Uh, They weren't interested. And I thought, well, I still want to perform because I am essentially a wanker. And then I started doing comedy. Well, I actually went and started seeing a lot of comedy. And then after a year, I thought, gosh, I can't be as bad as some of these people. Because I went to a lot of tryout nights where people were throwing meat into the audience and doing all sorts of mystifying things. And then, of course, I got up and I was abysmal but you know here i am 30 <laughs> years later so it's a happy story and i got better apparently and who
1: who helped you in those early days did you have any mentors or role models that you nah. Nah,
0: none. <laughs> none.
1: What, what about idols? <laughs> no, there, you were on your own. Well, they're role models, though, who sort of kind of influenced
2: your craft. Not really, craft? because
0: I hadn't seen any stand-up when I was in Perth. And then when I came to mm. Melbourne, I went to The Last Laugh, which is now no longer with us. And, I mean, I saw a lot of amazing acts, like I saw Lena and Woodley when they were still a found object. So I saw The Natural mm. Normans and, you know, that had people like um the late great Linda Gibson and the wonderful Denise Scott. Um, So, and, you know, I saw people like Greg Fleet and Anthony Morgan. So, I mean, I was blown away by everyone, but I guess I didn't see one person and go, well, that's what I'm going to do. I was just Mm. a ridiculous um, amalgam uh, of things I liked, I suppose. The only comedy video I remember watching over and over and over again was Steve Martin's Ah. live video. So that's And indeed I saw him and Martin Short the other evening.
2: You did. What did you make of it?
0: Do you know what? It was delightful to spend nearly a couple of hours in their company. It's yeah, not like yeah. I, I, you know, completely mm. split my sides. But, mm. they, I mean, they're both consummate performers and I love them both. And I particularly love Martin Short's just raw desperation. He's basically <laughs> up on there just screaming, like me, like me. <laughs> and, and I did.
2: He does, doesn't he? He will go go to great lengths, won't he? Absolutely. Whereas Steve
0: Martin does have, I think, maybe just a modicum of dignity, (laughs) which I think Martin Short said goodbye to, like myself, some time ago.
2: Uh, Oh, and me, likewise. We're a bit suspicious of this collusion with Denise Scott, actually.
0: Mm, She's a bad egg.
1: Mm. mm. She's on a lot of our watch lists, actually.
2: What uh, was the origin of you working with her?
0: Well, I was in fact approached by Denise Scott and uh, the aforementioned late, great Linda Gibson many Mm. years ago to do a show with them for the Melbourne Comedy Festival, which we called Comedy Is Not Pretty, which is indeed a Steve Martin quote. You see, it all goes around. It's all connected. Mm, mm. Uh, And then a few years later we did Comedy Is Still Not Pretty Mm. and... uh, not long after that. Well, in fact, while we were rehearsing that show, this isn't a happy story. Uh, Linda's ovarian cancer returned and she uh, died. Mm. Um, and we were actually, yeah, while while Linda was dealing <clears throat> with her illness, uh, we were actually doing the show. And it was, I mean, it was obviously a very difficult experience. And Linda was actually incredible. Like to say that she dealt with her cancer head on. Like mm. we would turn up to a rehearsal, Scotty and I, and Linda would have written a sketch which was about Scotty and I arguing over who should give the eulogy at her funeral. Wow, really? Did, that, ske- did
2: that sketch make it into the show? It did. It did. It? Wow. It did.
0: We wow. were actually, it was an incredibly <laughs> difficult show to do for very obvious reasons, but yeah. we were all very proud of that show and it won up, I normally never say things like this, but it won some Green Room Awards and, yeah. Mm. And to be honest with you, after that, it, it was just like, I mean, something like that is obviously going to be an incredible experience that you don't ever forget and so it's just a joy to be able to continue to work with with Scotty and we, I don't know, Linda is always the sort of missing person when we're on stage, obviously, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there
1: there you go. That was hilarious. No, no, it's an amazing story. Did she ever have any bad suggestions but it was very hard to say no to her because she was dying of cancer? Like, she must have been looking at the world with great wisdom as she was dying.
0: Well, I have to say, having known, unfortunately, a number of people who have died of cancer, that's not always the case. But it was actually Mm. the case with Linda. Um, Linda did actually, Scotty talks about it as well, she and her partner and their housemate, the wonderful Sal Upton, sort of threw their home open. So people were just around Mm. all the time. Like we were always just drinking and eating and hanging out with Linda and she did actually become this sort of beacon of love without sounding like a dick because Linda had been quite an angry person. I don't think she would mind me saying that because she was angry about the stuff that you should be angry about. She was angry about all the injustices of the world but all of that just sort of melted away. And she, it, she was just incredible to be around. And I don't really know what she wound up believing in the end, but she talked a lot about just God being love. And you really felt that when you walked into that house. So it was an amazing experience. And having, having gone through that, it's kind of like when Scotty and I work together now. To say that we're not exactly precious when it comes to, well, is that gag working or not, is a bit of an understatement. So it's mm. fantastic to be able to work with such a close buddy. And, you know, we've, we've been through a lot together.
1: You've said that straight men tend... Not to make up a huge portion of your audience. No, but well, that wasn't Judith. Said, no, a no, review, uh, a reviewer uh, said that. Uh,
0: but that is also because it's a point that I. <coughs> oh, make, you've said that too. Show. Okay, you've said that too. In I, as, as like, part of the latest show, I actually get the whole audience to put their hands up, and I say, "Put your hands down if you're a woman and/or a member of the LGBTQIA <laughs> community." That already gets rid of many, many people, oh and then the few remaining hands that are left, I say, because that obviously leaves us with the cis straight men and I say, well, put your hands down if you came with someone from the first group and it was their idea. And that generally leaves us with about six people out of a fairly large audience. And then just for my own amusement, I'll say, and this is just for me, uh, keep your hand up if you're in a position to do so and you're willing to have sex with me. (laughs) But that has never actually worked. So that's a shame. But no, uh, straight men, not a big part of my demographic. Mm. It does have to be said. And I'm finally owning that at the age of 51. It's time to just admit it.
1: The thing is, the government is thinking of putting in quotas um, to, oh, re- really? to require straight men to be a certain proportion of every audience.
0: Well, honestly, Charles, I'll take anyone's cash. I don't mm. care. You know, Great. you could be non-binary, pansexual, you could be, you could be sexually fluid. Um, <laughs> come along, give me your money. What's,
1: what sort of measures would you put in place to increase your straight men audience?
0: Absolutely none. <laughs> Absolutely none. If the government is going to be subsidising the straight men, then surely that's enough. That implies that the government's going to be paying straight men to come to my show. So I think it's a win-win. They get money, I get their money, and the world of show business goes on.
1: Andrew, can, um, can we just uh, go outside for a second? Yeah, speak, speaking of straight men
2: walking out, um, yep. let's just step outside. Oh,
0: okay. oh this is been
2: <clears throat> yeah, it's scary, isn't it? <laughs> it uh, shush is. in there, please. Oh, um, sorry. We're, we're having a I God,
0: You're outside. We're
2: outside having a little tete-a-tete okay. about all I'm this. I'm not here. Now, do you, we're doing pretty well, aren't we, Charles? With uh, You know, we, we thought she'd ab- absolutely make mincemeat of us. Yeah, but um, we're,
1: we're completely...
2: I, I think we're coming yeah, coming across as very charming, and, and that's all I really I care about. I wouldn't be so sure. Oh, but, oh, okay. What are co- you doing co- out, co- out co- here? Get co- 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 under co- that straw. Well, back inside, please. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ouch! <laughs> what are you doing? Get your hands off me!
2: Now that's a good question. What are we doing, Charles? Well,
1: <laughs> well I, I think I mean there's some questions that uh, just in mm. the, looking at the file notes. Um, yes. I think uh, you know you're looking at the motive, her motivation. Um, should we uh, ask her about her parents?
2: Well, I think she, she's into personal stuff, isn't it? Yeah, That's kind of yeah. a shtick. Yeah. So she might be willing to divulge okay. one, one or two pieces of information. We'll we try that. We'll try that. Okay, thanks. Uh, well, hello. <clears throat> we're in, oh, we're in the room back. again. We're in the room again. Okay. Excuse me. I'll just close this heavy iron door. Yes.
1: Uh, <clears throat> and also, you should oh. lock it as well. Oh. Yep. Sh- sure. And I'll just uh, I'll just and get out this taser and just test it. Yep. Ow! Ow!
2: Yep. And, I, yep. and I've got one of those uh, things that soccer fans hold up in the air and, and spin around that makes a clacking noise.
0: And yet we're not hearing that, are we? Well, in post. No, in post, okay. oh, sorry, yeah. Sorry, I yeah, forgot. This is
2: going yes. to be amazingly yeah, produced. Yeah, yeah, great. Uh, and, right. and look, I've got an air horn here. Great. Right. Is that one of those comedy horns? Yeah. Fantastic. Very and funny, I'm isn't it?
0: I'm sitting on an elephant. <laughs> I can hear it. Yes, isn't that amazing? How did we get it in the studio? The room, the 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 room, the it's interrogation room. Now what a journey we're all on. Is, isn't it fun? It's will a, it end soon, the journey? It's, it's,
2: I mean, look, we promise, we promise it will, yes. Okay. You probably have to be somewhere. I have somewhere. got a
0: physiotherapy appointment
2: You've got a, a physio later b- on. Well, you're all right. <clears throat> Fair enough. Um, look, we, yes, we'll let you go very shortly because we can tell you're not enjoying it very much.
0: <laughs> I'm um, trying. I'm trying very hard. Now,
2: you do a lot of personal uh, material. Yes, too, I said and, that and,
0: earlier. It's good to yeah. know that you're listening.
2: Oh, yeah, I've been paying attention. You revealed to Andrew Denton, for instance, that... Your mum was a pathological liar. Yep. And now we've noticed in the department that things tend to run in families.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. But let's not forget I'm adopted. So it's wide open.
2: Well even but you can learn behaviors, can't you? Uh, uh, Do you ever do you ever lie? Do you ever lie?
0: Uh, it's very rare for me to lie because you can take the girl out of the Catholic school. This is how Catholic I am. I mean, I know you heard the Lynette Feeney arm-biting story and how mm. I confessed to that, but the only time I've ever stolen anything was many years ago in a bottle shop. It was a bottle shop called Chalky's that was attached to a restaurant, and it was the only kind of late night bottle shop in Melbourne at the time. Chalky's. And Chalky's, and at one point I was there with my housemate. She went to the bathroom. The guy behind the counter, because they were all. So, you know, um, waiting on tables. It was attached to a restaurant so he actually had to go and take a, an order. Basically, I was left alone in a bottle shop and I was wearing a very big heavy coat and <laughs> I thought, well, this is surely a sign. So I actually stole a bottle of Cointreau which seemed very exotic that was and sophisticated choice. at Cointreau. the time. I know, it was a strange. Well, of anything in the bottle of shop? Of anything, that's what I went for. Anyway, cut to me waking up the next day, Convinced that they would have had cameras. Convinced that the police were going to knock on the door and arrest me. So that didn't happen, obviously. But then I reckon about 25 years later, are you gentlemen familiar with the um, writer, performer, comedian, Lou Sands? Yes. So I became friends with Lou and we were having a conversation and it turned out her parents owned that bottle shop and she actually invited me to have dinner with her parents and I turned up with a bottle of Quantro and gave it to her father (laughs) and apologised. That's a
2: true story. (laughs) What was And he...
0: Called me an idiot.
2: <laughs> that was his. That was his, all, his only reaction. Yeah, that was, pretty much. That was it. He was yeah. fine otherwise. He was fine. Why? why well, an idiot for choosing the Quantro or for no, the theft? No, I think
0: I was an idiot to have owned up to it <laughs> and to have yeah. actually bought the bottle of Quantro about twenty odd years later.
2: Probably yes. So, look,
0: uh, so, not a lot of lying. That's a very yeah, long way of answering that question.
2: Still not. Doesn't look good on your file, I'd say. The contrast store. If only for your, for your choice of yeah, uh, drink. Yeah,
0: no, I can't argue with that.
2: <laughs> Why didn't I just get a bottle of whiskey or vodka? Why didn't I do that? or yeah, a fine French champagne or, you know, a, maybe a Japanese whiskey at the top of the market. S- something yeah. like anyway. that. Anyway, I was an idiot. He yes. was quite right. Andrew, yes. can I just see you again? Oh, uh, here we go. Yes, we'll step outside again.
0: <clears throat> Does that mean it's over? Sound can about- I go now? Very, very nearly, Judith. Okay. Very nearly,
2: I think. Okay, so I think we've got a, Um Yeah, we just need to, to sort of wrap it up with the clincher now, I, don't I think, we? So think, so, we, so she can finally go to a physio appointment.
1: I think the thing is, um, we can see that uh, she's deeply... Um, well, she's got a theft on her record now. Um, hmm. She did some arm biting. Bit of coll- yeah, a yeah, bit of collusion with uh, Denise Scott and other known subversive... Yeah. So... Um,
2: you
0: haven't even heard about the time I was strip-searched. Uh, what are you New, doing out here you, again?
2: New what? Zealand Airport. New Z- tell us about there. that. OK, well, hang on. No, don't. No, stay out here and tell us about the time you were strip searched <laughs> at New Zealand but That sounds fantastic.
0: Well, I, um, I was going through customs and, you know, I saw the sniffer dogs. And it was one of those things where it just sort of all unfolded very slowly. And I knew it was going to happen, but I just didn't act. Look, at the time, I suffered from a lot of insomnia and I may have had a very small bud of marijuana uh, yeah. in mm. in my okay. bag of tobacco. <laughs> and, mm. yeah, that um, they found that. And then oh. I was strip searched. And I had a couple of female security guards who really made anyone from prisoner look pretty happy-go-lucky. And uh, they said, well, actually... I mean, I had to do things like raise my breasts so they could check that I didn't have any cocaine underneath them and thank God for once, Andrew, I didn't. What? And then they took me to see this guy who looked at me with utter disgust and said, well, you realise there's not even enough here for a joint, don't you? I felt <laughs> like saying, you know, sorry for ruining your evening, officer. And then he said and you also realise I could put you on a plane straight back to Australia and never let you into New Zealand again. And I did really want to say, but aren't you meant to be punishing me. <laughs> but I felt that would not have gone down terribly well. Anyway, and I'm not making this up, at the same time that I was strip-searched, so was the band The Doobie Brothers, who also oh. happened to be in New Zealand and arriving at the same time.
2: Were they strip-searching in the same room as you no, at the same time? No, I Surely. only,
0: I heard that this <laughs> oh, happened so when, I, when the... I was released from custody.
2: Right, so you didn't get to see any doobies flashed before no, your eyes? No, unfortunately. Yeah. But
0: yes, yeah, so there you go, there's my, uh, there's my record there—that well, no
2: doesn't look good. No, but no wonder you're so um, at ease in this in this scenario. Oh well,
0: I'm stone now. I mean, it's Great. true. I did, I did, I, uh, I did, I did have some edible marijuana only mm. last night, and frankly, I think I'm still on the pineapple express. Still,
2: I go, Yeah, it kind of shows. Yeah, you know yeah. So, uh, let,
1: Let's just go back. I'm into, out of
0: my mind. Can we just I go mean, back? I in- am. St- <laughs> Can we
1: please go Who back into the interrogation you? room? You, you, oh,
0: is that where we are?
1: Yes, come on.
2: Look, come back on. to Earth. Back, back to in. Earth. Oh. Now, okay. Let's <laughs> finally wrap this up. Please, first. for the okay. love of
0: God. <laughs> get me out of here. It's
1: worse than, than the <laughs> enough rope interview. Yeah. You got drugs, <laughs> you got theft, you've got arm biting. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. These are all very useful skills for the department. Great. I'm just wondering, could we cut a deal with you, where you agree to work for us into the future? You keep an eye on Denise Scott. You keep an eye on. I
0: do that anyway. To be yeah. fair, yeah.
1: and just report back to us um, about you know any subversive activities that you see, and in mm-hmm. return, we'll let you go.
0: Um, If I say yes, does that mean the interview's finished?
1: Uh, Just yes. give you a sm- small hint. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: Then I'm in. She worked out <laughs> a way of finishing the interview, Charles. How
0: did How did she get the better I'm of us? I'm in, and I'm going. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, goodbye.
2: Well, we certainly uh, got the better of her, didn't we, Charles? We, we totally um, got the better um, of her, Judith, Judith Lucy. She yes. is
1: smarting. <laughs>
0: I've gone. That's why I'm not replying to that because I'm I'm no longer in the room. Oh, good. To be fair, mentally I did leave some time ago.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We could tell that as well. Yeah. It's gone.
0: It's another one of my skills. Kind of
2: when I started suspecting you were stoned off your nuts. Yeah. I sort yeah. of thought, oh, she's, out, she's gone.
0: But it's great because where I am, I'm having a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, unlike here. I'm glad to hear. <laughs> yeah. Glad to
2: hear. Well, enjoy yourself wherever you are. I am. I'm and, having a um, ball. And we'll 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 handle the edit. Okay.
0: <laughs> Thanks, guys. See ya. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you.
1: Extreme Vetting with the Chaser was written and presented by Dom Knight, Charles Firth and Andrew Hansen. Recorded in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Produced by Alex Mitchell and audio production by Darcy Thompson. For all episodes, search Extreme Vetting Podcast. Listen for free at podcastoneaustralia.com.au or download the new Podcast One Australia app.